Hey guys, this is Chad with The Working Game. I just wanted to take a minute and record a little additional intro before I start off on this episode. And I wanted to apologize for the delay getting things out. It's been a little tough with getting sick and all the things at work, three nights of class a week. Just trying to keep up with everything and, and continue the effort that we have going here. And one other thing came up that I felt obligated to mention. A friend and brother of mine I've known for years and years and years named Steve Blakely has been battling with some health issues for a majority of his life. And he definitely, if, if you know him and know what he's going through, anybody in that situation, he has handled this like a champ. He's always in good spirits, well, typically. Sometimes he can be a little grumpy, but who isn't? But they are definitely some people getting together to help him out. And he's been approved to get a kidney transplant and help him maybe get off of that lifelong need for dialysis and, you know, free some of his time up and keep from poking him in the arm again and again and again. If anyone's interested, it will be held. I think it's down by Canby. And it is Blakely's Friendsgiving. They're having a casino night. It is a fundraiser for the kidney transplant. They'll have rallies, 50-50 pull tabs, games, and all kinds. It is at Heavy's Bar off of 67, just southwest of Indianapolis. It will be on November 27th from 2 to 6 p.m. I'm sure there'll be good times. Uh, you can have get in on some of the pull tabs, play some games, and help raise a little money for an excellent cause. So if you're interested, check it out on November 27th from 2 to 6 p.m. at Heavy's Bar and Grill. That is Blakely's Friendsgiving Casino Night. Now I'll let you head into the rest of the show. What up, workers? It's Chad again here on The Working Game. Josh and I are here. I'm going to talk a little to Eric Olson, hang out with him for a bit, and maybe get his perspective or a view on the American dream. I'd mentioned to these guys a little bit ago, that's something that makes me think about it. And the whole point that I brought up on the American dream was when you're at work and you're passing by somebody and say, what's up? It is a common response to get that living the dream. And that's what we're looking at is it's just perspectives, whether, you know, and, and that's my thought process, you know, is that we're all working people and dealing with it day in and day out. And that's what you're working towards is the American dream, you know, and that's kind of what even when you're saying in passing, you say, what's up? You know, it's like living the dream. It's, is it? <laughs> you know, what right. does that mean? To me, a lot of times when I hear people say that, I hear sarcasm because yeah. <laughs> you just love being at work, right? But anyway, to get going, we have Eric Olson here with us today, and you want to maybe give us a little background on yourself, where you're at, what you do for a living, and maybe a sure. little bit of your perspective on the old American dream. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. And uh, right now, I am currently employed by Sexton Mechanical as a project manager, Uh when I was 20, I started out uh, non-union doing apartments, uh, residential, strip malls, stuff like that. It, back then, it was you work until it got dark, and then you looked at your paycheck and thought you were going somewhere. 
I had played softball with some of our 440 members, and they were constantly in my ear about going to the hall. So in 2000, 99, somewhere in there, uh, I finally went. And yeah, that was eye-opening for sure. Uh, my first job was out at one of the, the uh, Eli Lilly, I think, one of the buildings out there. And for somebody to come from my background to walk on that site, I thought, oh, boy. Were you doing a lot of residential when you started out non-union? Or? Yeah, I had gotten to the point where I wasn't really doing so much residential. It was it was strip malls. It was light commercial. Yeah. more commercial, more. yeah. And that's how it goes in the in the. I say in the non-union world, the companies I were at, you'd started out as residential doing, you know, two or three homes a day with slabs and then work your way up to where you could be trusted with the bigger stuff, the more you knew. So uh, I was probably as far as I was going to go there. I was actually, uh, the last company I was with, I was working piece rate, which was I would bid the job, whatever I put in it for labor was mine to spend between me and a helper and then the company would get all the markup on the material and the labor so i was interesting way to operate yeah and for me it was it was uh there was good money and but when the work dries up then there was no money so that's when i decided uh, i gotta go so when i went it was about uh a week later after I, and I went and applied. I didn't go through an organizer. But when I went, they called me about a week, two weeks later. And uh, they said, you know, when can you be here? I said, well, I'll go turn my keys in right now and take my license off the wall. And they said, no, you don't have to do that. Just grab your license and be here Monday. So, like I said, the first yeah. job was Eli Lilly. And that was, that was just all factor because I thought, holy cow, look at the size of these, you know, they were doing. I don't even know, 14, 16 inch chilled water and heating water. And we had never done anything like that before. But in the long run, when you look at it, it's still piping. It, it goes yep. in the same way. I mean, it, it took me a while to probably about a, two months to realize, oh, I, I can do this. This ain't nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, it is, like you said, it's all pipe. It's just a different little tricks, different process. Yeah. Harder to pick absolutely. up, isn't it? <laughs> yeah yeah so you know and then you know i worked my way through I, I just worked with tools for several years and then they trust me enough as a foreman and i've worked my way up through you know with several contractors that had faith in me and trusted me and shame on them i should <laughs> right what, uh, oh, i'm sure what got you into all this shit eric i mean not just the union part but just deciding to do residential to be plumber fitter all this shit Obviously, so, you didn't come right out of high school because no. that's kind of the thing we're picking up. Right. No, I, I actually grew up in upstate New York. I, I moved out here to Indiana uh, in 89, I think. And uh, I did some little landscaping kind of stuff. And then my sister was actually working for uh, a non-union company in Speedway. And they found out she had a brother she was actually a nanny for one of the owners. Uh, they found out that I was there and said, Oh, we're always looking to hire. And I thought, well, it beats mowing grass part of the time. So hell yeah. I jumped in. What uh yeah. what part of New York? Giants or Jets? Uh, <laughs> well, 
kind of between all of them, between the Giants, the Jets, and the Bills. Uh, Bills is probably the way I would lean. We're up by uh, the lower lower Catskill Mountains, up by Binghamton. Gotcha. And my brother still lives there now. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, you know, and then the whole the whole union thing, it, it took me a while to get the grips of it, but I'm rolling now. I get it. I love what it stands for. I wish I would have done it, you know, right. when I first moved out here. My father was the my father was a union waterproofer in Manhattan. So I knew about the unions. I just didn't know how to get in touch with them, really. Right. That's the thing. Like it it's awesome now, which I'm not I'm right in the middle. I'm like thirty seven right now, but a lot of guys that we've talked to so far, you didn't do union shit. When I was in high school, you didn't have the unions there. None of that shit was there. It was go to college, go to college, waste all this money to be a interior decorator or what the fuck ever you want to do. And then now that we're getting in there, I think it's way better. Yes, and that's exactly what happened. It was there, and it was. I can't say that. My guidance counselor, of course, they they preached college. My guidance counselor said, pulled me aside. And he said, Eric, you ever think about getting in the trades? And it's sad to look back at it now. He had me pegged, and I felt like he was trying right. to insult my intelligence. And he's and so I went against the grain. I showed him. I went to a college in Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and did not finish anything. Not a class one. The beach was nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, that's sure what a lot, lot of guys of do. Yeah, yeah, college yeah. is great, and then I went to be a trade school, but fuck that guy. I wasn't doing what he told me to. I decided. <laughs> yeah. Right. He, he had me pegged. And he probably did mean it derogatory back then. You know, the old, oh, the world needs ditch diggers too, but, you know, fuck right. off. We're making money, and we're balling, and we're doing it all. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, yeah, the guidance counselor was probably making that, making that little – jab at you but didn't realize it probably had had no idea what it involved or or even how rewarding it could be right absolutely and i was one of those kids you know we had to go out and cut firewood for heat that that was the only heat in the house so i was always hands-on and stuff like that and i don't know part of me thinks he was spot on and was just looking for an opportunity to tell me where it wouldn't i, I guess hurt right. my feelings and now looking back he was right he was money Yep. Yeah, and it could have been. I mean, that's and especially back then, you know, guidance counselors were a little more in tune and not so diluted with all the politics and things that come with, you know. But yeah. still, just like just like we've been saying, and and the trend that kind of goes around that area is, you know, they're trying to push people into college and take classes and do this higher education. And, you know, it just kind of seems like a racket. You know, I, I understand. And there's a place for higher education. That's that's where we get doctors and lawyers and all the people that that run stuff. But there's it's just not for everybody. It, it isn't, and they need to. They ought to make it clear long before you know your your freshman year. Uh, that's like all the ag classes and shop classes. They're all gone now. But yeah, well, I remember those guys taking those classes, and they're doing well too. And they're out there just working with their hands, and they're doing just fine. Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad to see that that we're able to get into trade shows and things like that, and and put present that opportunity to the to the kids that are out there that that just aren't made for a desk job or or going to school and sitting in class. Which there is still some of that. I mean, it, you have to have training, but 
Right. You know, you still, still your 40 hours a week is spent using your hands and, and skills that you're learning and developing something that, that you can make a career out of. Yep. And who would have thought, you know, back in 86, 87, when they first came out with computers, who would have thought that, you know, they would play the role that they play today? Would have dove into that a little a bit. Bunch of rich motherfuckers who invested. Yeah. Look right. at the CAD BIM took off and all that. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And back then, you know, you, we had some computer classes and stuff. And, you know, it was the green screen. It was yes. so rudimentary that it was it was all new. And yep. no idea where it would end up. You know, I mean, hell, now we're looking at sitting here looking at each other on phones that you carry around everywhere that are crystal clear images, good sound. It's absolutely amazing what it's yeah. going to and the usefulness. Probably a, good, probably a good thing I didn't have a phone in high school. Right. <laughs> I probably yeah. never made it through. Right. <laughs> or maybe done better because you could have looked at You don't have to know anything. You can look it up. You're right. You're right. The <laughs> access is unlimited right there. I see all those books behind you. I remember in high school, I had to look through all the encyclopedias to find research. Right. right. Once mm. or twice, that was it. That, that was as far as I went with it. <laughs> yeah. You just had to, had to find that answer. That one answer. Yep. 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 Have the whole stack of them on the floor looking. Yeah. That's when I gave up. That, that should have been my sign right there. <laughs> That's. A, I assure you, all the, the water in the background is me drinking the beer, not getting rid of the beer. Right. Until you get us a sponsorship from Bud Light. I can't talk about it, though. (laughs) Speaking of sponsors, Milwaukee Tool has some of the best tools in the industry. But not only that, they do a lot to help apprentices grow and thrive in this industry. If you go to milwaukeetool.com and check out Grid, they have apprentice connections, trade-specific content, apprentice incentives, and much more. It is all by apprentices for apprentices. Milwaukee Grid is a first-of-its-kind, apprentice-only community, giving you a unique connection to your industry and one another. Designed to add value to your education and future career, by jumping on Milwaukee Grid, you will be able to share your thoughts, ideas, and knowledge with fellow apprentices across the country. So go to milwaukeetool.com and sign up on the grid. What the union's done for me is it's beyond words. And, you know, we talk the American dream and that's, I think it's a living, breathing thing. I don't think it ever stops. You just got to go until you're happy. And that's the biggest thing is self-satisfied. It is. That's the, that seems to be the trend and, where I'm seeing is that everybody realizes that it's not the same for everybody. And it's, that's life, you know, nobody's life is the same. And as far as, as far as the American dream, being able to do what you want and having the means to do it, that's going to help. But I think that's kind of, kind of where we're at is, you know, having, having all that set up and being able to do those things. I, I think most of the people that we've interviewed have been, working for signatory business through, you know, we've even talked to some electricians that, that were running for state rep. I mean, and that, all that stuff has brought them to that point. And we've talked about how you get into leadership positions and it's striving to do better and, and right. get the need out of it. 
yeah, I think a lot of it is actually caring. Uh, and, you know, we talk about the American dream and I can't help but think uh, you almost, I almost feel guilty when you think of the people that, that their dreams are shattered or circumstances, you know, you, you look at uh, kids that are in going through uh, or orphaned or, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. Right. And again, it's hum- humbling. Yep. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, I mean, I don't expect we'll really get into throughout this podcast, but it is something to think about, you know, that we're talking about the American dream, you know, that's not available in places outside of the U.S. I mean, it is in some, but there's so many out there, even, you know, just south of the border is it's a different lifestyle and opportunities are different. But yeah, know, and I mean, I'm, like, I'm glad to have the opportunities I have. Yes. And I'm, I mean, like foster kids and stuff like that and that they're they're I, I i get it it like i said it just humbles me almost makes me feel a little guilty for having the dreams i do right yep yeah but and you work it, your it, ass off for it too you're you're you're, you're absolutely right that's I, what I we do. do i mean it is limited to some but this is for us get your ass out there work yep. do it go yep. get that fucking dream you're, you're absolutely right. Yep. And the more we can do things like this to spread that word, you know, those kids could hear it, take the steps. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I think that's an awesome thing. The, the more we get out, the more we spread the word. And that's part of what we're trying to do here is get the word out there. Help people discover that they can start building their American dream through excellent careers, with good pay and benefits. If you are in the Cincinnati, Ohio area, You can check out local392.com, go to the training center tab, check out the resources and the requirements. There's a phone number there. You can contact my friend and brother, Matt Taylor. Hit the link and check out hourly wages. See how this could help you build or develop your American dream. I was fortunate because I had family members that were in the local and I knew about it, you know, I mean, hell, I was born to be a pipe fitter. I knew about it my whole life. I was surrounded by it, but I talked to a lot of people that got in and it's like, it, how do you find out about it? You know, cause I mean, I know just from seeing it, you know, they took applications every two years. And if you didn't know that it was coming to look for it in the Indianapolis star news, or you just came across it, you didn't hear about it at all, mm. yep. you know? So if we can get out there and present the opportunity and get more people in, that's gonna gonna help the de- the demand that is coming up. You know, there's so much work in the construction industry, not just our trade. It's it's across the board, across the country. It's amazing how much is booming. Yes, and it's, and it's all we're gonna have to have people. We're gonna have to train people up to get because that's the worst part about it is that the people that did realize that the trade was there and got in from like the boomer area, you know, they're, they're all getting ready to go. We're getting ready to lose all that experience. And yep. your gener yours and my generation, even Josh, you know, who might be a generation or a half a generation behind us, you know, we're going to be the ones left there holding the plate. You know, we got to deal with it and, the only way we can over offset that is get those young guys up, get them trained up where we need them to carry on. Yep. Yep. And it's, it's training the young guys that, it, you know, I've been fortunate that I've had good people in front of me that helped show me and 
you know, we got to remember if we don't show those behind us, then we are doing a, the whole UA injustice. And the people that brought me up, people yep. I worked under that mentored me and showed me the right way to do things and the, you know, some of them the wrong way to do things, but that's part of learning. <laughs> yes, it, it is. It's sad, but true. You got to let them make their mistakes, but hopefully it's the first and the only mistake that they'll have when it comes to that. Right. Yep. So I was, I was fortunate enough. Uh, actually, when we bought our house, I, I, it was last minute we had to get our daughter in school uh, and we didn't want her to go and, go to Pike High School, so or well, she, at that time, she was only in fifth grade, maybe fourth. So we're looking in Brownsburg. Time was ticking. Found the house, bought it, uh, moved in, started painting and everything. And I looked out the front window, and I was like, man, that truck over there's got a local 440 license plate on. And we hadn't seen nice. who lived there or anything like that. Lo and behold, it was Mike Brooks. So Mr. Brooks helped me probably secure my teaching position. It was, uh, they were starting a residential. And I, I'll tell you, when I started residential, it wasn't so bad for the first two or three years teaching that. But that started changing the whole, everything they do and use material-wise. The, you know, they're talking all the Renai uh, tankless water heaters and all that. I didn't know any of them. Right. So I went I went to Donnie and uh, at the time I was like, Donnie, you know, they're getting out of my out of my room. I said, I can, you know, teach them underground and all that kind of stuff and how to work in a crawl space all day. But, you know, when it comes to some of the fixtures and some of the materials, that's not my forte anymore. They've, they've changed it. We used to run copper. Now that you don't hardly see copper in a residential. Right. House. Yeah. So yeah, the times are evolving and so is the equipment yeah. and everything that goes along with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you got residential contractors out there that prefab, you know, they have, they drill their holes in a certain spot and they have pieces that come up from underneath to feed everything. It's, it's just like we do. Uh, right. They've got it down to a science. So Donnie, uh, Donnie agreed. He, he had me hang out there and help out for another year. Yeah. I think it was four years total uh, in residential. And he said, you know, what you'll start doing if you can teach on Mondays and then come in on Tuesdays and Thursdays for plumbing fundamentals. He said, let's do that. And I did that for about a year and a half, two years and three nights a week is really tough on a schedule. So right. uh, I've faded now into the plumbing fundamentals Tuesdays and Thursdays. And technically it'll just be Tuesdays. I'm going to, I'm going to take another class. On Thursdays, I'm going to take the CAD BIM again. Always taking it yourself, or yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm going to sit in with Derek. I, I took it last year. I want to. It's not something I want to lose, and I don't get to use it every day. So I'm going right. to take it again as a refresher, and then try to get it that put in down there at Sexton. So at least we can dabble with it. So I, I was in in the whole teaching thing. That, it is an awesome feeling when the lights go on. Uh, right. And, and, yeah. And, you know, some of your biggest headaches in the beginning of the year turn out to be the ones where you, the light went on. And now everything is, you say, they're just absorbing it. And it, it's 
I get what you're saying. I mean, I've been there, I've seen it, you know, and and that's typically the the norm is that people are griping and man, this guy just doesn't get it. This guy just doesn't get it. There's this, you know, I, how are we supposed to get there? And then, and then you get the couple that do, like you said, the light bulb comes on and it makes, it makes all that effort worthwhile. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And and at the end of every year, I'm telling my wife, I'm like, I don't know if I'll do it next year. And then sure enough, next year comes and I'm, you know, because somebody's light bulb went on, I want to do it again. So, Yep. Yep. And, you know, there's a lot of young guns out there that want to come up and teach and stuff. So, you know, whenever they're ready, if, if that happens, I'll, I'll be fine with it. Yeah, it's good to get. And that's part of it, you know, just getting the people in there. And as they're going through this training in the apprenticeship and, and learning different aspects of the trade you know the way they've got it set out whether whether you're a plumber pipe fitter hvac tech it's you know you kind of get a general education of it and then you start to specialize in the in the areas that you want to go to and it's it's neat to see you know like the light bulb comes on they they think of and even the ones that that don't get involved and start moving towards that direction they're still solid contributors they're still learning you know, I mean, they're out there and, and learning the trade that we're putting out, but the ones that you see where the light bulb comes on and then they get interested and they get involved and that's how it works. You know, that's that's where I came from. I, I enjoyed it. And, and that's ultimately what got me into it, too, was seeing the guys that were interested in coming and asking for help and helping them through it and then seeing that I actually had the ability to help somebody understand it. And, you know, that's, that's what got me interested. And as long as those people are coming up behind us and following that, it will continue. I won't have to do it for another 10 years, you know? Yeah. Yep. No, you're absolutely right. Something we tell every class is if you need us, call us. And it doesn't always have to be plumbing or pipe fitting related. If you have anything to talk about, let us be one of your phone calls. And, so far, it's been fairly, you know, we haven't had any issues. We've had a couple of guys that have, uh, and I'll say, let's say breakdowns or whatever, they get overwhelmed, and that's life. Right. And it's just, you know, giving them a boot in the butt and a slap on the back, and and all is good. Yep. Those are I've been there, I too. Really, really like, yeah, yep. Because you can tell they're, they're to their breaking point, I guess kind of and then when you do that it's like now you've, yeah, I guess it's kind of like you bonded and it, it, it's a good thing yeah help sure. them through it help them realize that they can get through it you know exactly. and even when it becomes overwhelming you're not doing it by yourself you've got people to lean on and and that's one of the things I try to tell them is that you, you can't do it all yourself that's why we have the membership you gotta have resources man mm-hmm Absolutely. No, but I, I, like I said, I think Mike Brooks has a lot to do with putting me in the right place and, and contacting the right people. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about going back to that. You know, there's, there's a lot of people out there that, that don't know Mike Brooks, but the ones that do, I don't care who it is that you talk to. If you talk about Mike Brooks, they're going to say the same thing. You know, and how how strong of a 
union man he was. He was all for it. He was serious. No bullshit. That was his life, you know, and that's no, oh, yeah. He was, it, he, he definitely was, you know, no, no two ways about it. You know, that everything yep. that he did, he lived and breathed union. And it's, it's kind of cool to see, you know, and it's not just the fact that he lived and breathed union. He lived and breathed bringing these young guys up and training them up and, you know, believing in the membership and how that, how that whole process worked and made everything better, you know, and it's, he was definitely. Did you work with him? I did. Yep. Yeah. I worked with him a couple of times when he, before he got in the office and was actually out in the field and, Yep. You know, that, yep. that Riley stinking chemical. <laughs> that was that was that was a nasty facility that definitely required someone of his caliber because it was it was probably one of the most dangerous places I've ever worked. Right. You yeah. know, and it's if you don't have people that are doing it right in a place like that, bad stuff happens. Yeah. Yep. 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 No, you can yeah, have I, that I fucking do. place. Have you been out there, Josh? Nope. Heard stories, uh, and that's all I need to know. That's as far as I need to get to that fucking place. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I haven't been out there. I, I don't care to see it. I know there's, you know, people say there's money there, but I guess there's, there's money in a lot of other places, too. Right. Yeah, there's Definitely plenty of money. So. There's plenty of places where you don't have to be around all that chemicals and stinky shit and Hell, when I started, we went out to Crystal Clean. Like, my first year, I was three months in. They're like, hey, we're going to go do a shutdown out there. I'm like, okay, cool. They're like, we had a fire there last week. I was like, at a fucking oil facility? Awesome. Sounds great. Let's yep. do it. <clears throat> Come back, like, two oh, years yeah. later. They're like, hey, we need guys for the Crystal Clean shutdown. I was like, eh. They said, well, they just had a fire last week. I said, you know, maybe we ought to push this shutdown, like, up two weeks. Beat the fucking yeah. fires. How does that sound? Oh, that's why we're having a shutdown. It's finally worn yeah. through. No. <laughs> Fuck no. There's I've been in a hospital that you know, the, the whole crawl space was full with all sewage. There's a lot of bad yeah. places out. Yeah. That's right. that's the good part of this is we get some of that awesome work and we get some fucking work like, oh my God, we are absolutely worth all this money and we are awesome. Yep, that's right. where you plan your work and work your plan. Yeah, yeah, that's I've I've actually heard some people make that comment before, you know, and that's that's why plumbers are so damned expensive because they deserve it. <laughs> yeah, there are times you know, I mean, when, yes. when you put it in that mentality, it's like, oh man, I don't want to do that stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which kind of brings me to one of the topics that I would like to to have you discuss a little bit and you know with all these wonderful places that we're talking about working in and where we where we do our due diligence to do what is right um, do you have any experiences that you've had at work that you'll probably never forget well yeah oh god yeah so that was one of them and and they and it wasn't even us that did it. So the crawl space was full. Had to plan a pumper truck to come out and 
suck up all the raw sewage so we could actually get in there to assess and repair. So one of the, and I'll just leave it at one of the, one of the pumpers companies comes out <laughs> and it's like heckle and jekyll. They get their bunny suits on and you had to go down a concrete tunnel that was about 80 foot long. And then it opened up to, you know, different parts of the crawl space. That's where all the sewage was, was back there. So they were back there. Of course, we had to have the, the confined space and the, all the lines to recover if need be. All that was in place. We're doing it. After, you know, so long, I'm watching the truck. They got about 3,800 gallons of raw sewage in the truck now. And they come that's out. That's a lot. The, yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot of things. Uh, hmm. So they, they come out. They come crawling back out. And, uh, you know, <laughs> They're in the mechanical room, and they got their bunny suits on. Now they are covered from head to toe. They were they were white when they went in. They come out and they're not white at all. There's no white on them whatsoever. Oof. Right. So they're taking their little they're taking their little suits off, and the one guy kid says to the other one, he's like, "Hey, next time you're on the hose because you make more than me." And the guy that he was talking to said. I'm only at $11 an hour. He said, I don't know what they're paying you. And I thought, you know, for $11 an hour, there is no way, no right. way. Because they did not have a plan. They just crawled right through it with yep. their little sucker hose. And I thought, oh my gosh. And it's, do they not realize their worth? Evidently not. I mean, work Apparently good, they don't. Work has been good for a long time here uh, right since at least 2008 2009 and this happened well after that uh yeah and I, it just baffled me that that they were arguing I, i'd have been like well, for, I, didn't, I, I'd have never even got in i mean yeah but they were, it, it that was that was probably and george pointer just had he was there on on the scene as well and saw the whole melee and we still talk about it on a regular basis but uh it'll never that will not leave my mind ever yeah twelve dollars an hour we're not having a conversation about who's swimming in the shit it's not me i'll go home that's the end of me working there i promise you (laughs) and i and here's the real kicker they come out and they were taking break yeah they had their they had their food and everything in their hands these are the same hands that just took off Uh. those white white Tyvek suit. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. No idea. What doesn't, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. This is pre-COVID. Nobody washed their hands either back then, so you know. <laughs> right. I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure they're COVID safe. <laughs> <laughs> there might be a few other lives. things you need to worry about, but, you know, and that's <laughs> what they always say, is, right? You never never trust a plumber that chooses fingernails? <laughs> oh, Ugh. God, yeah. And there's, so that, that yeah bad deal there's another time and this is at another medical or you know another hospital uh we were putting in 10 inch chilled water lines down the crawl space going from one end to another and then we had eight inch stainless steel uh to take from one mechanical room across the hospital to another one well back in the day i guess they had conveyors that ran linen 
and stuff from one area in the hospital to another that was all in the crawl space. They would just dump the stuff in a in a chute and they'd go down on the conveyor and go through. Well, that was years ago, I guess. So we were down there doing it, and one of our guys said, "Hey, you know, there's needles everywhere." What well, was at an intersection of two of the conveyors? I guess what the the needles would fall out of the pockets or whatever, and they were just piled up there. Right. Yeah. So we told the GC, and they're like, "Okay, you know, we'll just we'll shut it down for now, and we'll get somebody in there to take them out." Well, it was the four guys from Delta Services. I don't know if you've worked around them before. Nope. They're nope. No. Well, I think they're from just south of here. Almost right. all their employees. Yeah. Yeah. So they sent them in there for ten, eleven dollars an hour, whatever they were making, to get all the needles out. And I thought, huh. Nope. <laughs> not, not enough money right. for me either. Yeah, there ain't no yeah. way. Uh, but they actually did a great job. We didn't find a, a one, and nobody wanted to go back in there after that. It was it was a big mess. So yeah, that, and that's not that's not new production. Those are all used waste. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, <laughs> not good. Not good. Yeah, I was, and and you know, I, I saw that same job. They were lifting up a large piece of precast for this like the facade on the side of a building and one of the one of the buckles came loose on that so it it everybody got shut down for that one too uh it hurt a guy pinched his arm uh that was probably one of the scariest i, I didn't see it but I, I know a pumper truck fell across michigan street on that job as well uh, they had to call the iron workers back in to cut the cut the boom off the pumper truck Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Good God. Yeah, yeah it was a it yeah, was a good that, one. Actually, doesn't sound like it was one of those great jobs to be on it, really. <laughs> yeah, where was yeah, this at? Yeah. So I never worked there. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's really funny is when it fell across the street, and it's not funny. I don't know who's listening to this. When it when the pumper truck fell across the street, it landed on Griner's copper trailer and it crushed all their copper in their trailer. It's still funny. I don't work at Griner. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, it, it's it's not financially great, but it's still funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it, we got a chuckle out of it. We all came in the next morning. We're like, man, what are all those burn spots in the middle of the road? And then we looked over <laughs> and we're like, holy crap, look at Griner's trailer. It's crushed. Yeah. Oh, that's that even better if it happens on night shift. Yep. Yep. It was, it was one for the books. Right. Yeah, and it's it's kind of funny because, you know, we talk about we ask people about these real experiences that you've seen on the job, you know, and who you're who you're working around, who you're dealing with, you know, a little bit. But it always kind of seems to come around to the next question. And that was, you know, that one that I like to put out there is do you have some stories about maybe one of the biggest dumb shits that you've worked with, you know, because it, it always seems to kind of funnel into that area. <laughs> Yeah, well, so, and given my background, there's there was at one of the hospitals that there was the guys I was working with that give me a hard time, and it's all in, in fun, and it was technically it wasn't that long ago, um, but it was always, you know, union guys, you house plumber, union guys, you house plumber. So 
and I was a was I, I was a foreman, so we were running just hooking up BABs, and we were getting behind. So we hired a guy out of the hall, and uh, well, I don't. He had done a couple BABs, or was on the same VAB for a while. We're we're rolling all of a sudden. Everybody's like, "Oh, you got to come look at this. You got to come look at this. You're going to die." So I look at it, and it 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 literally almost looked like he tried to do a a, a loop or a figure eight of nineties before getting to the figure. To the VAV. Nice. I mean, there was probably six or eight fittings that he did not need to use. So, and and I honestly can't remember that guy's name, but, but we were at lunch. And the guy that ran his mouth at me all the time about Union versus us damn house plumbers, he was sitting across the table from me, and that guy was sitting right next to him. So I asked, I asked the VAV guy, I said, hey, I said, did you go through the Union program? He said, damn right I did. <laughs> I, just, I just started laughing. I took my phone and I showed a picture to the guy that gave me a hard time. Let's call him Jeff. I said, hey, Jeff. I said, does that look like your union work? <laughs> he about died. I said, that's sitting right next to you. Yeah, he didn't. That guy, he didn't last the rest of the day. He was, he was gone. We let him go. But it was, uh, it was one of those aha, gotcha moments. Right. For yeah. me. Yeah. Well, and that's why a lot yeah. of people use that as a shroud, you know, and that's that's where we're at is it's up to us to manage that. You know, I mean, we yeah. have to – I'm not saying that, you know, you got to be cutthroat, but if somebody doesn't have the ability or the intelligence to do what we got to do, not only is it bad for us, it's unsafe. It's – we got to we gotta watch that stuff, and they're out there. You know, oh, yeah, and the customers are going to see it. So that that was my right. biggest thing. Like, I can't have the customer looking at that, and, and we'll never do work in here again. So, yeah, yeah. But yes, insulation will cover a lot. But if you've got ten nineties and three feet of pipe, <laughs> fucking spaghetti everywhere, get out of here, child. <laughs> Just because you have ten doesn't mean you have to use <laughs> all your fittings. You don't you have, can't to use have extra all. parts. You can yeah, have extra like, parts. I tell you, it's like flute pipe for every nineties, four and a half foot. I think he was just trying to get his footage in. Oh, Jesus. Right. Yeah. I'm sure the insulators loved it. Yeah, it didn't stay. We took it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was bad. Jeez, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. There's been some, some humdingers. Well, and of course, and I won't say names, but, you know, when the wagon used to pull up on the job sites before jobs started, and then all of a sudden your phone would ring and you get 10 phone calls from people in the parking lot saying, hey, probably not going to make it today. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'd say, I'd say, hey, where are you at? Oh, you know, at the house. I was like, dude, I'm looking at you. You're in the parking garage. Yeah. It's huh? like, yeah, yeah. Quit Head looking. Back to the house. <laughs> yeah, quit looking. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Forgot I had a doctor's but, you know, today or something. <laughs> Yeah, for every every ding dong, there's there's ten or twelve good guys, and then honestly, a lot of the ding dongs are still good guys. It's just you know right. what they retained or or had a an oh shit moment, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah right. the amount of times and daylight I, here. Oh, he's a great guy. I like the shit out of him, but <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, that's probably me get... most of the time they're talking about. But you know, whatever. <laughs> Right. I was gonna say, don't get me wrong. I have my dumb shits every day on a regular basis. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, you, yeah. most he, of us. He's don't great. Make it he's through. fun, but man, he's a motherfucker sometimes. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. I get I get a lot of it, and I used to be I used to be real hard on apprentices, and I I guess it's old age. You kind of mellow out a little bit, and you know, yeah, yeah. It, it's just it didn't work. I guess is the best way to describe it. It's twenty twenty two. Everybody's got feelings now. That's what it is. Right. Yeah, that is a lot of it. Yeah, it is a yeah. lot of it. You can't. I try to. I try to uh, push that envelope as much as I can. You know, because there is there, there are some rules against it, but you know, feelings are meant to be, be danced on, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, they're yeah, supposed absolutely. to leave them in the truck. You know, I mean, all the old age old expressions that you know, it's. It's a bygone for sure. Yep. Yep. No. And it's, and it used to be you yelled at somebody, they learned their lesson and they didn't, you know, move on. It wouldn't happen again. Now it's, oh, you're just, yeah. You're, yeah. you're pointing me you're out. Bullying you're bullying me. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yep. So I do feel sorry for, and it's not, you know, we say it's a generational thing. It's not all a generational thing because there's, several people in that generation they get it that yeah. understand right it's uh I, I don't know if it's a i don't know if it's a hovering mom thing or what it was but something got to them i, I think it's just you know being subjected to it you mm-hmm. know it's it's what what you are subjected to the convenience yeah. that we've provided through all the upgrades and technology and you know the the thriving supply chain and all the stuff that makes life so convenient that now they they don't have they don't have it as rough you know yep. it's it's kind of the same mentality as poor people have four ways well rough people have rough ways and it's the less rough it gets the less rough people get you know yep yep you know if I you agree. look back at the 20s and 30s and all that stuff it's those were some cowboys you know Hopefully, taking out some of the pipe we take out on a regular basis that those guys put in. Eesh. Right. I don't want to meet those guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just think that was that was put in with a rock and a stick. <laughs> yes, you ain't kidding. You ain't kidding. Yeah. We did the uh, the courthouse downtown, and that had six and eight inch threaded brass. We started Jesus demoing Christ. That. Yeah. It was brass <laughs> pipe. We started demoing it, and it was, I tell you what, it was like brand new inside. I said, are you nice. sure you want to demo, are you sure you want to demo this? We ought to do saddles. And they said, you know, that they wanted it all gone. Man, crazy. Yep. I've demoed tons of money in pipe. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? This is brand new. What are we doing here? Yep. I know. You know, and that's industry standard. This is supposed to last 50 years, so we got to replace it. And you cut it apart, and it's like, wow, way better shape. And then you get some that's, you know, five years old, and it's, what happened to this? (laughs) Yeah. Yep. If any of this stuff interests you, and you would like to get in on gaining some of these experiences for yourself and join a rewarding career, the United Association Pipe Trades is a great place to make good pay, great benefits and no matter where you are in the country there is a local out there waiting for you to call 
go to ua.org. No matter where you're at, if you need a contact, see how you can get in a career and start living the dream. At ua.org, click on the Join UA tab, scroll over, and click Find a Local. You can find one no matter what area you are in in the United States. It is a great place to be. Come join us. Stick around for just a few more minutes because we've got a little bit left about some of those hunting stories and things like that. Yeah, no, it's cold as fuck. We, we went out Saturday and I was sitting in the tree and got up there. It hadn't even snowed one bit. I was like, all right, it's going to start snowing. And it was fucking miserable. <laughs> I mean, I was just sitting there. I took a picture of myself. I looked like fucking Jack Nicholson, dude. I was absolutely <laughs> frozen over. That's what they Built said. A- it was melting and then refreezing. Oh, yeah. I built a fucking snowman up in the tree stand, and then all I saw was one little fucking spike. Oh. Yeah. Bad day. But it's Miserable. still a good day. Oh, yeah. It was a good day. I woke up, and I got to go do it. But Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it would be cool. But that's that would be me. I'd be out there jacking around, building snowman, like you said. <laughs> End up ruining yep. the hunt, and it's like, what the hell? I just, I get bored. Uh, I didn't. Awesome. I give it about a hour or two and then i put a chew in and yeah. if it happens to walk by me great if not it's still okay yeah. yeah oh shit i know guys that my uncles used to shoot them fucking with mountain dew and marlboro lights up there so yeah the chew ain't gonna hurt uncle. nothing's gonna <laughs> hurt these fuckers i remember the first yeah. time i went i'm sitting there tiptoeing and creeping through the woods and trying to be quiet and i'm like this motherfucker's yeah. up here smoking what the yeah. fuck am i doing yeah yeah, I know some people that were serious. I mean, they'd get the they'd get the no sense soap and wash all their clothes yeah. in specific detergent, and oh man, they can smell you. They know you're yeah. coming. I see motherfuckers yeah. with peanut butter sandwiches and Doritos up there, and they're killing monsters. I'm like, fuck this. Yeah, 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 yeah. That Indiana Bucks Facebook page. I see all these little kids, and I'm thinking, there's no way in hell that oh. they're not making noise or you know fidgeting right. around. Yeah. I'm unfollowing that shit. That's just depressing to me at this point. <laughs> yeah. All I can see right. are fucking spikes and four points, and these guys are just absolutely slaying it out there. Yeah. Little Jenny Woke up late for my first day of gun season and got in late. Yep. Fuckers. <laughs> yep. And everybody asks me why I don't hunt. <laughs> oh, it's great. You should totally do it. <laughs> yeah. Everybody tells you that just wants everybody else to suffer. They're like, just suffer like me. Yeah. It, it For me, yeah. it is more a time of reflection, kind of. Uh, I'd say I'm hunting, but my mind is just at peace. It's awesome. Yeah, right. it's fucking gnarly being out there. You you have yourself, and that's it, and a lot to think about. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Yeah, depending <laughs> on the day. And then as soon as you hear crink, 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 you're like, oh, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, and you see a squirrel and think, damn it. Bingo. Yep. I said there the other day, I was like, I'm not saying I could hit a squirrel from 45 yards, but that motherfucker needs to die. It's been the same one for like three weeks, and he needs to fucking go. So I've got arrows stuck in trees in Brown County. I'm trying to get them. <laughs> yeah. True story. I will tell you, a size 14 boot is a lot louder than one deer walking through the woods. It is fucking right. impossible. Yeah, it amazed me. I get up in the morning and take the dogs and stuff out, and there'll be deer 
you know, within the vicinity and they hear the dogs and all that stuff. And you can, you can hear them trying to sneak off. And it's like, how it, you know, you walk through the woods and there's leaves and sticks and all that stuff crunching. It's like, those things are so quiet, dude. You can still hear it, but it's, they're sneaky. For sure. Uh, many a time, been in my stand, look down and think, holy cow, how'd that get there? Yeah. Oh, all the time. All the time. Yeah. Just sitting there. I'm trying to look around and I'm scoping all day. I'm like, I don't see shit. And if I close my eyes for two seconds, there will be a fucking deer under me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Then I think, man, how long was I asleep? <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then there's times where I'm at the end of the hunt. I'm like, I'm not going to see anything. And I, I'll stand up. I start packing shit up. I'll piss off the stand. I'll sit back down before I get down. Then I look up and there's a fucking deer coming. I'm like, how? I've been yep. sitting here how? dead silent for two hours, freezing my fucking nuts off. And all I do is get up and pee. Awesome. Yep. yep. The curious ones. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot to that. You know, I mean, like you said, there's guys out there eating a peanut butter sandwich and Doritos and they come walking up on them. They smell that shit too. Unreal. You know, who? what's that? That's that's living right is what that is. Lucky motherfuckers, right? Uh, yep. Yeah, can't yep. bait in Indiana because it's not fair to the deer. Fuck you, get out there and try it. God, <laughs> I'm not yeah, baiting. I'm I just would. planting an orchard in the middle of the woods. Who would have thought? Well, that's yeah. what kills me. You can plant a whole field of it, but I had right. a DNR calling me for some corn. I put corn in front of my camera, and the yeah. people that have the property uh, butted up to me. Had saw the corn, which they shouldn't have been on my property, or they wouldn't have saw it. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yep. So opening day of shotgun, I go out there, and we weren't in the stand for an hour, and here comes DNR walking up right huh. to my stand. Yep. It's a good time. Yeah, that sucks. Yep. Yeah, we're gonna have to start didn't... tipping our farmer fifty to just slam the brakes a little hard and spill some all on the field. That is what yep. I'm looking for. Right. Yep. Well, that's what that's what. Uh... My mom's boyfriend said, you know, he put the, the camera out and he would put corn out there and he was trying to, he was trying to lure the raccoons in so he could get them, you know, out of, they were tearing up stuff in the farm and he was trying he's got goats and chickens and all that stuff. So he's trying to get rid of the raccoons and, you know, lo and behold, a deer come up and he, he just had to shoot him because that corn was for the raccoons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That corn for <laughs> the squirrels. <laughs> yep. And literally, that's what I did. I put the corn there to take to see if it was worth hunting that property. Right, right. To see and, what's there. Yep. Yeah. Well, he was. He actually could have been a lot worse because he was talking about making me move all the dirt. And oh yeah, it was. It was oh so Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Hmm. Yep. Did you have to? Is that like where you live, or is it property that you own somewhere else? No, it's uh, Smith's property up in Zionsville. Uh, okay. n nobody's there. I'm the only one that hunts it. And he had property there and he had 300 acres in Brown County. And it was, we'd always put some out to see, you know, if there was which property right. we wanted to hunt. So, yeah. The wrong person saw it, I guess. Right. Must mm -hmm. <laughs> I appreciate you being here, Eric. Spending the time. Absolutely. Enjoyed the, the stories you shared and Absolutely. Thank you for, for your time, for sure. Anytime, anytime. It's a good time. And like, again, you're spreading the word. And that's what it's all about. 
right and hopefully we can get this out there and get some people interested and you know hopefully some younger people can get them in there and yep because they're all listening to podcasts forward. anyway right yeah yep no thank you for having me i do appreciate it all right brother take her easy all right man